Jim Minns here, communications officer with the PSA, travelling on a wet and rainy day in Sydney to various schools around the area. I'm here travelling with Stuart Little, General Secretary of the PSA. G'day Jim, how are you? On the podcast this week, we continue with the pay equity case, resulting in a 19% pay increase over three years for all SAS staff across New South Wales, backdated to July and just in time for Christmas. The enormity of this victory has meant all hands on deck as PSA staff embark on a tour of New South Wales schools to congratulate SAS staff, provide them with the necessary information going forward and let them know just how this victory came to be. It's fantastic and I I love nothing better than getting out and talking to our members that work in school education. Um, They provide such a, a, a critical role in, in, in school education, particularly in those areas um, which often you know, members of the public don't see, you know, dealing with kids that have medical issues, kids that have behavioural issues, or kids with high needs. I mean, if it wasn't for our members that work in school education, these kids would not be able to enter the mainstream education system. For many of them, they'd probably be institutionalised or have a very, very um, you know, bad outlook in terms of um, educational outcome. Hello. Hi, how are you today? Uh, my name's Sarabi, I'm from the PSA. We're on a school blitz in southern Sydney with the PSA's Sarabi Aladdin. It's 8am and it's a school, so as you can imagine, the halls and the walls are buzzing with the frantic activity of parents in desperate need to get their kids to school and continue their working commute. Amongst the hustle, we managed to get some one-on-one time with SAS staff. No, I wasn't expecting it. I'm only working as a casual basis here. Yeah. So it was kind of, you know, surprising. Like, does that pay rise also affect the casual rate? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, no, it affects all the classifications. And it will be 19% over three years. So whether you're a casual, a temp, permanent, um, you'll all be getting a significant pay rise. Awesome. Yeah. And it will be backdated to one... July, was right, it? Yes. Yeah. That's right. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So you'll get 11% on whatever you've been getting back to. That's awesome. That's yep. awesome. Yeah, that's really yeah. yeah. So um, it's been a fabulous week. We've been um, organising the people at the PSA to go out and visit schools. PSA Industrial Manager Chris Cruden. And take out packs of information to every school so that they can understand what the changes are Mm. and can organise for us to come back and have a formal meeting with them to explain things in depth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they've been so well received. Mm. Everybody is really very excited. Um, And people who haven't been in the union have been joining the union because they appreciate the work that we've done. So that's been fabulous. It's been really exciting. In a lot of instances, this victory and the resulting school splits has exposed many SAS staff to the work the PSA, as a union, has been doing on their behalf. As such, it has opened the door to their inclusion within the union, whether they're returning members or joining for the very first time. This welcome exposure of the PSA has also enabled SAS staff to voice their concerns in their current working environment. Can I get permanent? <laughs> well, <laughs> I've been here sorry. for three years. So I've got someone there who's temporary, and she's been a temporary for... That's seven years. That's a huge fight for us. One of the main problems is a problem that we've recognised for a long time, and that is a lot of SLSOs are temporary staff, 
and um, we finally got some statistics out of the department which shows that 61% of SLSOs are temporary staff and that's an appalling thing for a government department to have that many staff who they can't employ permanently. And many of those people have been with the department for many, many years and they do vital work with children and make a huge difference to the lives of those children and the ability of the teachers to be able to actually educate yeah. those, those children. So um, it's vitally important that we now move on to try and getting permanency for those people. Here's Stuart speaking to non-members at a school visit on the progress moving forward for permanency. And now's a good opportunity for us to try and um, you know, progress that because we've got this part of it done. They've agreed, we've got the money, and now we want to try and go in. But we need members to do it. We can't do it if yeah. people aren't members. PSA Assistant General Secretary Troy Wright. It's finally genuinely acknowledging their role and their responsibilities and the important, important uh, position they play in the education system. Can anyone tell me how the response has been so far at schools? Overwhelming. Really? Yeah. Yes. Been happy? Yes. Wendy Hurry. I, I had a phone call, uh, an email from a principal who I didn't know congratulating us on our efforts and told me that their SAS staff were work, walking around in the office with smiles all over their faces. You know, historically these roles were really sort of volunteer-type roles. Now, I mean, as I said, you know, they're dealing with kids with behavioural issues. They're, they're doing payroll. They're doing, um, you know, quite complex administrative work because the administration of schools now, it's not done by head office. It's now been evolved where the principal is basically the CEO. And, you know, our members are there to support the principal, deliver educational outcomes on the ground. That can only happen because of the work that our members do. 